Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, and it'll be a small discussion, and that's fine. Nothing, nothing huge about that. So um, first up on my topic, one of the things that I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks is, and we've talked about it before, but being a resource for law enforcement education and what um, they need to know about what we do. And, um, you know, I've gone through... I don't know if some of you guys have seen it, but FAA will release these these little videos on Facebook, and they're they're slated towards law enforcement and what they need to know. And a lot of the information from a hobbyist standpoint has been incorrect. So I think for for me, uh, you know, I would like to establish the FPVFC as a resource for law enforcement education and and getting that information out there. But, you know, I need some help. What, you know, in terms of what do they need to know? What do, you know, how do we release that information to them? You know, how should that be formatted? That kind of thing. Um, just so quick question on it. What does uh, most law enforcement, like when they are able to fly drones, what do they get to learn about it? Because I feel like from what I've seen, some of them are pretty inexperienced at it. Well, and, and that's the thing. And it's funny. I was, we were, Dan and I were kind of talking about some of the first times that we've seen commercial pilots out there and uh, in terms of commercial drone pilots. And um, just the other day I was driving to work and there was a construction, there was some construction on the side of the freeway. They're building a sound wall on the side and um, there was an Inspire just hovering right over the uh, freeway, which kind of drew my attention. And I was like, I saw hmm. the 3600 doing that across a yeah. big bridge, and it's just chilling at the top of it, probably, I guess, 300 feet up, just over the freeway, four-lane freeway. So, you know, I, I, it led me to wonder, you know, what kind of, you know, number one, does this construction guy who's operating this drone um, – have his 107 and that that was kind of the first thought in my head and i'm like okay so if he does then why is he hovering over a freeway and um and dan you had brought up the first time you saw somebody flying commercially that you know they were struggling with just maintaining a a, a hover or maneuvering it around right yeah their their maneuvering was not very smooth and very close to trees in a building so i was concerned but Nothing happened, so maybe they were better than I thought. Right, right. Speaking of, uh, pilots not being able to maneuver, we were out. Of the, we had gotten a beach house last week, and there were, I think, four or five guys with D various DJI vehicles between Mavics and Phantoms. Right. Uh, I took the dog out and saw a guy literally slam the Mavic two into the side of the house. Nice. Full pitch forward into the side of the house from the back or from the front yard. I'm kind of like, that is entertainment because these guys were, uh, they were, you can see all the lights up in the night sky, probably right. fireworks started going off in the fourth. Yeah. There were guys flying their Mavics all around and, you know, over the beach. And I'm like, man, <laughs> that's, uh, so that's going to come back. So, I mean, to answer your question in terms of what law enforcement are taught when they're operating their drones, I would, I, I don't have an answer for that question. Um, 
I honestly think that they probably get the same training as anybody else commercially um, with maybe, you know, the, that, that particular County or city's spin on what that training is, but um, they need to have their one Oh seven and, and um, they need to have some kind of training, I'm sure. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, my concern is not so much for, I guess, and Dave, I don't know what your thought on this is, but not so much for training them right off the bat, but more so letting them know what the actual laws are and, okay. you know, what to look for as a, you know, in the, in the real thing, because, you know, there's this old FAA, uh, uh, law enforcement release that you know is way outdated at this point and you know i just want to make sure that they're getting the correct information and not skewed information does that make sense yeah so i mean in terms of what we need to you know be be relaying to them what does that look like um part of what could be pretty helpful is you know what type of flight movement, I guess, is quote-unquote aggressive and what's just normal. You can play with an inductrix in a park. Okay. And then also, you know, how do you differentiate from someone on a commercial job and how do you differentiate someone just flying recreationally? Right. Okay. I like the the thought on... um... Uh, aggressive uh, versus normal uh, because that has there's a lot of discussion in the uh, uh, proposed laws um, the proposed tort laws about intent mm-hmm. and they're they're trying that to characterize is... you know what was the intent you know was it careless or clueless or was it uh, malicious you know in, intentionally malicious and i i think that's um you know, if we can help provide a little bit of insight, you know, to me, if someone is, um, you know, flying uh, at a completely empty parking lot and they're power looping some trees and they're going in and out of uh, gaps, but there's no one there, then, you know, that is, you know, they've, that's thoughtful. That's, that's, um, you know, it's safe. They, you know, they're not flying over people, over cars, that they're not doing flying at night. They're flying under 400 feet. You know, they're, they're checking all the boxes, you know, then that's normal flight. You know, to me, aggressive flight is I'm flying at night. I'm flying into a building. Uh, I'm flying um, uh, into fireworks. I'm flying over people. You know, those are, of course, uh, you know, not legal, but they're also aggressive, and uh, um, you know that I'd, I'd say that has you know that that crosses the line on intent, I guess, in my book. One interesting thing I learned from watching that FAA video is about flying at night, and that for recreational use, you can fly at night. It just has to follow the same rules that you have to maintain visual line of sight to your drone. So at night, that, if you put a bright that... light on it. Like you could fly I thought far that, away. I thought that changed from three three six to three four nine. This was a I, this was a new video. New yeah, if you on. watch the FAA's video on YouTube that I posted some links to like a week ago. Okay. Um, I put a there should be a timestamp in there to when they talk about that maybe. Uh-huh. I forget. I, I can find it though. All right. Well, um, that's that's other... what I'm gonna. The as the retired as the retired guy of this crew, that's what I'm gonna research. I'll follow up yeah. on that. 
So what I've seen that's interesting is there's this whole thing about, you know, anti-pollution people. They're going to shut down Gatwick with a bunch of phantoms. And Oh, dear. Uh, and so that's, <laughs> that's what we need. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. How can you shut down an operation like that? So there was, and if you, if anybody follows some of the commercial groups um, that are out there, um, there was a, some kind of festival in Miami, I want to say, and don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's exactly where it was, but there was a bunch of guys that were hired by the festival and by the city that were contracted to shoot video of the festival from drones and and whatnot. Well, unbeknownst to them, there was another company there that was um, testing in an anti-drone counter uh, counter UAS. Yeah, counter UAS system. And basically the system was, uh, it was a radio blaster. So it just pumped out radio frequencies. And once your drone got about 50 feet away from you, it just, dropped out of the sky um, uh, because you had no control over it any longer. Um, so video was breaking up and, and they were saturating both the control bands and the video bands. Um, that's so like a great idea. Not so, really. Yeah. No. And, and this from, from what I've heard that this company is kind of in a, a bit of trouble over this and because they counter UAS is distinctly under the jurisdiction of DOD and DH, uh, yeah, DHS, DHS right? And DOD, really? that's right. Yep. Yeah, and it is so, explicit, explicitly illegal. Yes. And so if you're as a, as a so, private citizen, if you you know pull a, a counter UAS, it's it's a big, uh, it, it's a federal, it's a felony. You know, yeah. It's pretty simple. When companies, when third party companies want to come out with you know counter defense systems for for instance, anti-terroristic quadcopters. They can't. It's all left up to government agents. Well, not necessarily. Um, when they are testing these particular things, uh, if they're, I, I, I would presume that they have authorization, you know, in testing facilities to do this kind of stuff. But um, to to deploy it out in the public, unbeknownst to oh, anybody okay. else, okay, is a completely other story. So. Okay. You know, and, and so, you know, there are ways to, you know, that and there, I'm sure there's as many ways as you could possibly think of for counter UAS. Um, however, um, you know, and it and it can be done. But at the same time, you know, at least in the U.S., it's under the jurisdiction of very two distinct organizations <laughs> and uh, or agencies. And uh, that's it. So. What they choose to do in the UK, I, I'm not sure, but um, you know, I think the the biggest thing is that you know here, uh, at least for the time being, that's where we stand. So, um, but I don't know. I that that sounds like a bad deal. <laughs> so if we could circle back as to yeah. to what we want to do with uh, law enforcement. There is the uh, the LEAP program. So there's yep. the FAA Law Enforcement Assistance Program. I think it's LEAP yep. is what yep. it stands for. Yes, it is. So we. So my thought is, if I were to, or, or our 
uh, the little uh, uptown New York State uh, town I live in has three or four drones. And so it's just like what you guys said. They have no, the, the fellas using them have no idea how to use them. So, you know, if I walked in, uh, I'm, uh, I'm an older guy, so I'm not, uh, you know, some uh, a millennial telling them how, uh, how to run their lives. So, you know, they're not going to be uh, put off by that. Uh, but I want to, if I want to convey, you know, here's my understanding of LEAP. Here are the various laws as uh, we understand them, things that, you know, you as a law, law officer can request of a person flying a drone. I like the, uh, the comment of uh, aggressive versus normal. And then potentially we can offer, you know, depending on the individual, we can offer, uh, you know, assistance um, uh, to learn how to fly. If we do that, then it probably uh, whoever offers would need the uh, uh, their 107 because that would be a furtherance of business in my interpretation. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, and I mean, <clears throat> honestly, I don't think, well, I... Yes and no. I think if we did it on a volunteer basis, it would be completely different. But, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, if it was, you know, we were getting compensated for whatever training we were doing, it would be another thing. But, Is law enforcement a business? Well, no, but if you individually were making money off of off of training those folks, that's a further yeah, of a business. Correct. But if you were helping somebody else who was a business, even if you weren't getting paid, you still would be. There's no denying that you, you know, help with training or whatever, because it's kind of like feeding fish to the bear. It's just you did it right there in front of them. And right. Then if you don't have a 107, you're kind of in big trouble. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, what do you guys think? I mean, should we dedicate uh, a section of the website to law enforcement? Should we you know, develop like some kind of presentation or program that we can, you know, take to some of these. And I'm totally willing to test these out in, you know, in, in my local area. Uh, I mean, heck, I've got 10 different cities that I can hit here. So uh, who, do, who do we think would be more open or respond, uh, responsive or, uh, you know, le less pushback, uh, law enforcement or emergency response? Honestly, I, I feel like probably wouldn't have as big of a, actually, now that I said it, it's kind of stupid, but it, law enforcement is also very, I guess, on the lookout for it now because drones are seen as a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the, uh, the, and they're the, you know, so yeah, I like that from that angle. It, because the, mm -hmm. the approach is the FAA has given you the authority to challenge people flying drones. Right. And, you know, it, it could be, you know, like, uh, you know, some of the crazy gun laws in New York State. You ask a, uh, any police officer about them and they roll their eyes and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask someone with a legal concealed carry to uh, show me that he's only got uh, seven uh, bullets in the uh, <laughs> uh, in the magazine, not ten in the ten bullet magazine. 
you know, so literally that was one of the laws that it's now off the books, but it was on the New York state books. So, you know, is this in that same category of like, you know, you can now challenge a, a drone pilot for the, their uh, FAA registration number on the aircraft. Uh, they have to be able to articulate uh, what uh, safety guidelines they're using. They have to have a spotter. And, uh, and they have to be able to demonstrate the uh, proof that they have the registration. So they have to have the FAA uh, ID card uh, with them. And, and uh, when, I, when we pass it, when they have a test, they have to show proof of the test. Am right. I missing, uh, missing any others? <laughs> I think you hit most of it right there. Okay. I think, uh, the other thing also, that just we, that I think generally how to... Go ahead. Um, when approached by an officer... What not to do? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Don't you know, okay. I, I, I like right at your toes. So yeah. So what's a so what not to what not to do? Because I I know you know for me it's well, just, you know having someone walk up behind me, uh, you know, and surprise me is not my favorite thing. So you know let's you know I know well, there right, should be a spotter. The, the uh, I mean just. Know. I mean, Make cooperate. That you're friendly because, especially, you know, I guess home built quadcopters still kind of look scary in a way. It's not a phantom, and that's kind of the disadvantage of them is they're not commercially available, ready to fly. So they're, they're carbon fiber blocks with electronics on them, and, you know, XT60s poking out and batteries hanging off the bottom. So, so I really like this angle in terms of how do you approach someone who's a drone operator. And so the um, police are supposed to lower the anxiety in any situation. So if we set up a couple of questions that are, if you'll forgive the pun, disarming as opposed to escalating a situation. So, you know, hey, that, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, how long you've been flying? That's, you know, that's cool. How high is how high is that flying? You know, these are you know, questions to give the officer data, but not uh, not to create a confrontation. And you know, approach it friendly, and don't you know, don't immediately turn into this argument about I'm right, you're wrong. Turn into a a very mutual thing where you know, hey, cool, you got your documentation, all right, cool, have fun. Steve, you had something to say earlier, bud. No, I was, yeah, pretty much the same as what was uh, said in the last minute or two here. Yep, I agree okay. with all that. Just, all right, just wanted to make sure. So, <clears throat> um, all right, so, you know, we've got basically, you know, covering what, you know, what their authority would be, covering what the rules actually are. I'm just going down my list here. Um, aggressive versus normal flight, so what that would look like. Um, recreational versus commercial, um, how to approach somebody uh, who's flying a drone, um, that kind of stuff. And and the reason I go down this road with this stuff is because, you know, like Dave was saying, is, you know, once the, once the test is out and, and once, uh, once law enforcement has been enabled to do all this stuff, I would like us to be on the front side of having the resources for that we can point to and say this is the actuality of it all 
as opposed to the hype, the hysteria, the um, the misinformation, that kind of stuff that comes from sources that we've all seen in the past. And I mean, am I wrong in that? Do, does you no, know. no, not at all. No, nope, I agree. Flying a phantom is one thing, but when you're zip, zip, zipping and zooming through trees and stuff, and you know you can just fly back in two seconds, land at your toes, and then pick it up, it's kind of what the heck is that thing? You know, right? It, it makes it very, it escalates very quickly, as opposed to you've got this little just going back and forth. Okay, so so from a Let's look at it from a couple different perspectives. So, um, and I want to kind of carry this over to the next topic. But if, from an initial standpoint, what does that what does that education look like? Is that you know a document that we put together? Is that room on a web page that we put together? Is that example videos that we provide? Or one of them is a, a video, you know, identifying various types i guess so you know you've got a matrice which is typically using it as a very commercial aircraft for hauling versus mm-hmm. a phantom and a mavic which are typically used for um aerial photography and, right yeah and then you've got you know smaller home-built race quads and then mm-hmm. and wings are a completely separate thing which is basically an rc plane at that point but uh and then you've got x class which hopefully aren't just flying in a park right so that, you know now, from that initial standpoint, is you know, Dave, what and Dan, what are your thoughts on putting that on the website, or do we provide like some of the videos, like the FAA is putting out, that we publish on Facebook, or is it kind of a combination of all those things? I like the idea of a um, a classification and a uh, you know, it's, it'll provide a taxonomy because mm-hmm. I think we're I think we're missing you know some of that because um you know right now it's drones equals bad they are right. suspicious and if we if we say well you know you know little equals you know low low risk you know right. not much can, can not much bad can happen is, is yeah i would have, even you include know, like you a, have a couple pilots go out and who are actually active pilots and you say hey can you you know make a an overview video of well, hey, here's a five-inch freestyle quad, and it's not going to kill you if it's just flying around 300 yards away. Here's a here's a Mavic. Here's various types of things, and it's it's introduced by actual pilots and not just someone that sees it on the internet. So, kind of what like Dave, what I'm kind of gathering is like, what is a UAS primer? Like mm-hmm. distinguishing between the different types, the different sizes, the the capabilities, the you know that kind of thing. And and kind of spinning it off from there. Yeah, yeah, like okay. because yeah, because if we're you know this is like uh, you know thinking back to uh, what you know we did in World War Two, right? The uh, profiles of uh, aircraft. We we trained people in civil defense across the country to yep. be able to identify friend or foe aircraft. And so this right. is a this is what's in the air. This is a problem. This is not a problem. Right. Okay. Cool. I like that yeah. approach. And so, yeah, whoops, racing quads, video platforms. Are there other general categories? I would um, say fixed wing would be a, definitely a, yeah, a category. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there is there a separate category, or can there be a separate category for a kid flying 
say a Cinemax 5C and the little toy, yeah, not toy class thing, harmful or even yeah, 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 you know that's. So, no is the short answer, um, <laughs> uh, and and the reason being is you know in uh, I pressed uh, Jay Merkel on that and and the answer was they're all aircraft and then um, one of the FAA uh, folks said you know we're making these things smaller and smaller and smaller and they're capable in a tiny size so we're very hesitant to characterize anything as a toy okay that makes so sense. i was you know it was a you know well, i was a little surprised at the abrupt answer i initially got but then they they backed it up with you know they obviously had thought about it no and that that almost makes sense because if someone just play it off as well i was just flying a toy i didn't know i was 800 feet away from an airport then that's right that's an easy scapegoat but yeah, right. that makes sense. Yeah, and that's the yeah, and that's you know the you know, RID and you know geofencing and that's you know that, that's why you know, it's like you know how do we how do we help protect people from themselves if you're careless or clueless, you know, and but not malicious, you know, we want to help you. Is there going to be some kind of communication to or from the big box resellers and you know like the best you know and Walmart's that are selling these you know, in quotes, toys. You know, I think honestly, a lot of that uh, from the language in the reauthorization is going to fall on the manufacturers. And um, both from a quasi certification standpoint, certification of the aircraft, almost situation to providing the documentation within the, the packaging, I guess, to, uh, follow up on that, but you know, with registration and what the rules are and that kind of thing, and and I mean, I, I'm curious what that landscape's going to look like. Now the problem with that is, you know, if someone's looking for a cool Christmas present and they see, oh look, here's a drone, and then on the back of the box in giant big bold letters is, now you got to do these things before you can touch a controller. You got to register it. You got to do X Y Z. That's kind of a big I guess, right. Turn, turn off, off. And saying, yep. yeah, I, I might want to shy away from that. Is there a way for us to work with the manufacturers so that they can, in the packaging, say, hey, go to this website to get all the information you need then? Make a quick start guide for flying safe? Yeah, just point to the coalition website. Yeah, and that's know, basically what the main page of our site's for. Yeah. yeah, if you, I mean, if you click on our our website, we recently updated it, and um, that front page has pretty much, you know, the basics of what you need to do to get flying. Yeah, so as a, rec- as a recreational yep. flyer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So would it be worthwhile to work with the manufacturers to get that? That that's, I mean, something we can definitely look at. Um, you know, we're gonna have to reach out to, you know figure out who those people are that we reach out to and right. um and, there, and there get some notices out there be, there are and a lot of them are overseas and that's going to be the hard part so right i was going to say you yeah, probably have in... to learn how to speak chinese <laughs> yeah, ma- man, yeah mandarin is required <laughs> yeah yeah um but certainly what uh dji has uh what i think it's over 70 percent market share in the video uh, platform 
and they are um there's uh certainly dji is is all over um working to maintain uh the ability to uh, be able to be flown in the united states i don't know if anyone's seen the uh, recent yeah. articles about uh that they're uh they may uh do building what, facilities yeah yeah doing manufacturing and they may have to change the firmware and so but but it's all all possible so good great yeah. great question um I think that might have been Steve who brought that up, and yeah. you know, I think we're I think we're at a, an you know, early early days, but you know right. we won't forget it, and don't and please don't let us forget it. Yeah, yeah. In DJI's behalf, I have I have seen them be pretty aggressive taking on the media as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Really, really fascinating. I, I've rarely they seen the <laughs> facts on it at all. Yeah, I mean, going after the BBC, BBC. amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, good discussion on that. Uh, where are we at on time? Okay, so we're we're and and not that I'm going to cut anybody short. If it goes long, it goes long. But I kind of want to move on to the next thing, and um, it kind of falls into the same category. But educating the public, you know, what kind of do we want to go down that same path with them and kind of you know cut out the law enforcement type stuff, or you know what what does that look like? You know, on a quick quick scale here something that could be really important in both you know the first topic and uh just general public i guess is having a spotter with you can kind of be important especially in that is is that if someone kind of starts walking up and goes hey what you doing and your spotter can tell you hey you know start landing you can start explaining stuff that could make or break a a first off Talk. Okay, absolutely. So think of this from the perspective of not general public FPV people or general public drone flyers, but general public everybody else. Uh, yeah, think of this as okay. Is if you if someone comes up and you're alone flying and they're kind of tapping on the shoulder with your goggles on, you kind of get freaked out almost. It's yeah. It's like being woken up from a in the middle of a dream where right. What's going on here? You know where am yeah. I? Yeah. Okay. Spotter with you, it can give you a little bit more time to clear your head and calm down while you land, and then you can carefully explain stuff. Right. Right. Yeah, I've got two things I could say about that. First, as for people who are first time into the hobby, it would be great if the all the major store or places in the United States that sell stuff, you know, the get FPVs, the uh, Puro Flips, and whatnot. If if we could get them to include some sort of little card that has information about us and how to learn how to fly safely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that would just sort of catch those first-time people somehow. Okay. But then um, for the general public, something more along the lines of what uh, Bruce Simpson's talking about, trying to sway the, the media around the world to show drones in a positive yep. light, and he's got plans to have that some sort of a, a massive campaign to help kick that off. And that's kind of where I was coming from is is kind of kind of negating some of the bad press that that we as as uh, drone pilots get a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, and we have to really promote the heck out of the the good press, like um, that news article from Knoxville showing the racetrack there. Yeah, and Evan Turner. Yep. Yeah, their, yep. their local news did a little segment on it, and if we could get that site to get 
tons more views than they normally would get that would show them that there's interest in that. Right. So a good that we'd have to work triple time almost on getting positive stuff out there because positive stuff isn't going to sell as well. Yeah, you're well, right. We do. Drone just yeah. Flew into the White House type thing. That's going to sell. You know. Well, of course, catastrophe sells better, better than anything else. But right. You know, I I would say that. You know, not only do we need to provide good material, but we need to, like Dan was saying, like promote the material that is coming out that is positive. You know, whether it's stuff like uh, um, Nick's, uh, um, his his company of, uh, what is it, the drone? Drone Parks? Yes, Drone Parks, thank you. And, and um, the stuff that they're doing. Um, I mean, they're winning awards, and that's amazing, and, and I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, and so, if you see these news articles or you see those videos, share them, watch them, make sure other people see them and watch them. Absolutely. All that stuff. Yeah, and, and I mean, getting that kind of stuff to go viral is kind of the beginning of everything. And, and so we can build on the FAA mid-November uh, drone safety week and Saturday and Sunday is recreational. So we can, if we come up with something that's, this is what we put forward as uh, important on those days, we might be able to get some amplification of the, uh, of what we're about. Absolutely. Uh, through e- even the uh, the uh, FAA. Yep. And hopefully the AMA, since they're being asked to focus on the, oh, that's an interesting thought. Most um, lo- locations around the United States have a AMA flying field, and the AMA at the uh, headquarters level is very keen to be positive about FPV. And so, if we rang up a couple of clubs and said, "Look, you know, in mid-November, you're probably going to do an event. Um, would you like a uh, drone pilot to do a, uh, a demo flight for you at the at the uh, during that weekend? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is we don't just have to you don't just have to I guess you know create a whole new thing. You can expand off of other pre-existing programs and. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's where I'm thinking. enormous, yep. and it's a trusted organization. And so if you can get them to start saying it, then it'll lead credibility. Right. Yeah, the number the numbers are interesting. AMA is 195,000 members and there are 1.3 million recreational drones. Hmm. So it's a matter of, you know, getting folks uh coordinated and uh, uh to uh, you know, focused as a as a group and that's definitely one thing that the uh, the AMA has going for it in the US. So yep. one other thought I had is not so much for public opinion, but for the FAA's use. If we could, on July 23rd, when the Lance goes live for recreational use, if we could have a massive campaign to get thousands of people to use it that day to show the <laughs> FAA that, yes, there's that many flights that happen every day that are safe and no one gets hurt, maybe Just they're right. grossly yeah, underestimated how many flights there are. Talk, talk about your stress test of the Lance system. I'm sorry, there were a couple of conversations going on there. Um, like when Josh does five for five and shuts down the site because too many people go to it. Yeah, and that 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 would be that would be my concern. 
but you know that's on the FAA at that point is is you know that that would definitely be a stress test of the Lance system. Some poor guy's probably going to be pulling his hair out. But, but just think of the news coverage that could get. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's where that was my next thought is just like how much, how much uh, amazing Trump coverage we could get from that. Shut down Lance system, FAA yep. whole system. Yeah, yep. we don't want to. We don't want to shut it down. We want to, you know, rejoice. Exactly. So the uh, and obviously, um, you know, the the focus it has to be in controlled airspace. So it's probably uh, looking for uh, FPV uh, clubs or racing chapters uh, around cities because that's the, that's where the majority of uh, controlled airspace is. That's where it's going to make a difference. Yep. Is it going play. live? For everybody, or just yes, the test group. Okay, everybody. No, right. it's live for everybody, July twenty third. Awesome. And there is a oh. web a webinar coming up on the eighteenth, four yep, p.m. four p.m. Eastern. Yep, I actually have the link for all of that in my notes here. I was going to post it before the end here. Great. Thank is you. there so, going to be something on the website on how to use that real quick? Yep. Um, once we, uh, I, I'm going to sit in on this, uh, on the FAA's webinar, um, and I'm going to, we'll, we'll create um, a little how-to, um, in, in, including which apps to use and that kind of thing um, to be able to use Lance, and uh, we'll give a little bit of a resource there, and we'll blast an update out. Right, and Lance uh, will be supported on, as you just pointed out, Josh, a number of different applications, right? Uh, mm -hmm. AirMap, Kitty Hawk, and so, and the FAA has listed them out. So, you know, they, we are anticipating that they will, each of those apps will be refreshed prior to or on 7:23, and and then it will be absolutely appropriate to figure out, okay, how do I use this darn thing? Yeah, that was my guess too. I have not seen an update to the app on my phone yet and i'm curious how they're gonna how they're gonna do that and how you what you have to fill in what kind of information they require and all of that yep. kind of stuff there was a video on that uh ken heron or somebody made it i was looking at lance stuff when he popped up for it and i watched it yeah there's all kinds of lance stuff for part 107 pilots but nothing yeah. yet for recreation i don't know if recreational pilots are going to have the same system for it it's just going to be a little tick box that says recreational or 107 right so is before you fly ever going to be updated? Or so that's the that's the next thing that I was actually going to talk about. So um, they just released a RFI, which is a request for information um, on the before you fly app. Um, the comment period is open through August 2nd. And okay. basically they're looking for feedback on... Uh, from what I'm gathering from this, it's the funding and continued expansion of the Before You Fly app. Honestly, so, if, if they could just simplify the system down to either that the online map that I I actually got shown on here. Yeah, the FAA facility fly, map. Yeah. yeah, just simplify it down to one of those two because that's another problem with the whole FAA ecosystem is you'll never find one straight answer to it. There's always right. going to be differentiating opinions mixed in with it and nothing's ever for sure so one of the the webinars that i sat in on they really pushed the faa facility map they basically have said um even in their in this latest um 
article that they released that um, the the facility maps is the best course of action for figuring out where you can fly when they shut down uh, the ability to call towers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the funny so, thing. When I was shown that, there isn't a facility within 40 miles of me that I would even need to think about calling. Exactly. And, 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 and before you fly is gone because it was all little helicopter, heliport and stuff. Yep. And, don't have to worry about those those right so so you know that's one of the things that you know i would like to posit forward is is that they need to you know transition over to the facility maps in the app um but basically the the of the facility map right i'd like to have that but uh is really slow the um information that they are looking for is whether the proposed collection of information is necessary for the FAA's performance, the accuracy of the estimated burden of collecting uh, that information, um, ways for the FAA to enhance the quality, utility, and clarity of the information, and ways that the burden could be minimized without reducing the quality of the information. So, you know, that's something that, and I'm going to post that here. Uh, Let's see, hang on one sec. What, what I find is really difficult, I guess, about FPV in the first place is just the amount of overflowing and overlapping information. If there was ever a possibility of it being simplified down, that would be one of the most beneficial things I would even dream of. Well, and that's one of the things that, that we've worked very hard with the FPVFC and our website and the information that we push out is that we do everything we can to simplify that down to the basics and make it understandable for everybody. And we we go through extreme links to make sure our information is accurate so that we're not putting out any misinformation out there. And, and, that's, and that's, that's much appreciated as well, right? <laughs> Or something that you would like us to say in that comment, um, let us know so that we can kind of push that forward and discuss and, and kind of get that worked into the, the final final draft of that. So, um, and then last um, before we wrap up is I'm going to post the um, Lance webinar as well as a link to the FAA webinars in general. So the first link there is to the general webinars page and they have been on a, uh, they've been doing pretty regular UAS webinars. Um, And then the second link there is a direct register for that Lance webinar. Um, It's at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or as Dave was saying, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So 4 4 p.m. Eastern? Oh, mountain time. I don't know. I'm in Arizona. We don't do times. Yeah. <laughs> 4, 4 p.m. 4 p.m. ET. 4 p.m. So um, if 
if that's something I, I encourage you to sit in on that. Um, again, the more presence that we can make at, you know, stuff like this, the more the FAA feels the presence of the recreational side of the hobby or side of the, the drone UAS ecosystem. So, um, so on, on the go topic ahead. of AS present, um, something that at least an idea that I had for expanding the FPVFC is when I first, I guess, heard about it, I'd been flying for years and I had never heard a lick of it from anyone. And I guess if y'all could reach out to other pilots that, you know, have larger channels and can convey that information, that would, I think, help because I, no one had ever mentioned it or talked about it and it kind of made it hard to find out about the FPVFC. So the FPVFC, is, we've only been around for about nine months now okay. 10 months yeah, that would also explain so I never <laughs> yeah exactly so we just started in october of last year so and we just got our 501c3 uh in february this february. year march february, february march february okay 25. Mm -hmm. so you know we're a relatively new organization and um so a lot of people are still learning about us and and we are reaching out to pilots. And one of the things we were actually talking about earlier was um, some of the pilots that are uh, starting to to back us and communicate communicate our organization out to their people. So um, it is coming, and it's uh, it's been a long road to get to this point where we're at. And we're it's a long road going forward, but we're all here uh, doing the doing the thing. So. Um, yeah, we are relatively new, but at the same time, you know, um, the word is spreading. So, hmm. scrolling yeah. through Facebook. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, we need to know so, what what of our advertising efforts are actually working out there. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I had never heard of it, and I was scrolling through, and hey, what's that? Oh, a body that uh, that I guess advocates for pilots. Seems yep. kind of neat. Let's check it out. Yep. Yeah, I've been surprised that when we post stuff to like the Rotor Riot Facebook group, it doesn't usually get any traction. So, no, and that's the problem is when there's thirty-two thousand people in that group, it kind of because I turn the notifications off to I guess the the admins only or whatever, and so it right. Just goes right past. I never see it. And that's the problem is is and and that's one of the things I've kind of posited every time I. I share something to the rotor riot group is that because there are so many people there are so many people posting and a post gets lost very quickly um, at the same time you want to post somewhere that has enough people in it to exactly to see it and you also don't want to post too much because then people are going to get annoyed by it and just kick it off as something that they don't want to see because it's probably spam or whatever right yeah, yeah, yeah we'll yeah, have to do things like trying to game the system it. where if we post in rotor riot all of us need to make a comment on it, like it, make sure it regularly, kind of bump it. yeah, get it gets up to the top. The same kind of thing on Reddit and other places. The more of us that can sort of all do it at once to bump it up to the top and make sure people see it. But like you said, yep. not not do yep. that constantly, not getting people's faces too much. Yeah, we're also uh, asking the. I was considering doing the get FPV learn a few things on that, and I was considering, you know, doing an article about. Well, what are the lobbying organizations for pilots overall? Well, on a on a side note, if you want to work if you want to work with the Get FPV Learn, let me know. Um, I actually uh, am the community manager for that. So. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and, uh, 
that'd be kind of cool. Okay. So hit hit me up uh, uh, after the after this, and we we can talk about that. Okay. I'm always surprised at the amount of conspiracy theorists out there. With the uh, oh my gosh, voter riots getting bought out by Red Cat. Hey, the president's on the board of the coalition. Nefarious things heard are coming. Else about Red Cat buying it, so I think that was just kind of. Yeah. Yeah, of course that's what gets people's attention. Right. Right. Again, it, again, the the perceived catastrophe is what makes. Right, it, people. Is what yeah. Makes an impression. Yeah. So so well said. You know. Oh my gosh, something nefarious is happening, and and this is this is Dave Messina, and so as the president of FPVFC, you know the. You know, it's uh, the CEO of Red Cat is on the board of FPVFC, and um, you know, he's supposed to provide guidance uh, to the group. And as I've said, you know, the, the people you hear on the phone, Josh, uh, Dan, and me are about 99% of the decision-making authority of uh, FPVFC. So it is a non-stock, you know, um, uh, 501c3 meaning we are you know the fpvfc is not owned we run it and it's uh, it's a non-profit and oh yeah no i i get that i'm not it's, i'm um, not defense i'm not defensive the, the reason i I'm, I'm being very uh pedantic about it is that this call is recorded and if it goes up i want to make sure that anyone listening to this under, understands the full reference Oh, I got you. Sorry. I uh, no, no, I no. You were no. responding to me directly, and I was like, "Oh no." no. <laughs> yeah, you know, I appreciate I appreciate you bringing it up, and it helps because you know we're we're definitely trying to, you know, quell and you know, calm people down. It's like, no, we really are working here to to advocate for the FPV community. Uh, all of us are doing this on a volunteer basis at this point. You know, were the FPVFC to become wildly successful in the future, we could take uh, salaries, but right now we are not. So, yeah, we appreciate the support and appreciate uh, the ideas. So, so good. Yeah, and I like the uh, and we are working with uh, one of the so one of the things that we're doing with the uh, pilot the influencer pilots that we know is we've put together a briefing sheet and we might post that up on our website because it might be useful to uh, members. Anyone. Yeah, sure. Anybody, you know, who are you know who are you? What do you do? What have you been doing? How can you how can you help the community? How you know what's the value of being a member? Very you know very simple, very direct, and. Uh, and then we we are asking the influencer pilots to mention FPVFC uh, on uh, their videos on their YouTube channels, uh, and also when they asked about, hey, you know, I'm I'm just getting into this. You know, what do I need to do to be legal to fly in the United States? You know, and we want them to you know, instinctively say, yeah, just go to go to the FPVFC.com, and there, you know, the, right on the front page, you'll see what it takes to get in the air. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're certainly, it's a, a good suggestion. We're looking for other suggestions like that. You know, how do we uh, increase uh, our reach uh, across the U.S.? Very good. Any other comments on tonight's topics? Nope. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for joining. Uh, small but effective crowd. I appreciate it. So... Um, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up or, you know, just pop in general and, and hit us up. So, um, I will go ahead and call it for this evening. Thank you for joining us.
Thank you. Great. Hopefully Thank you see very you much. all again yeah. in Thank two you. weeks. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Take care.